Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. It is a, a Monday in December, and I think that's going to mean from now on that it's a, a Portal Authority Day that Max Olson will be joining us because, I don't know, Max, does it seem like there's more action on, on Monday? Like, I, you know, the Portal opened mo- on Monday last week. Obviously, there was a lot of action that day, but then kind of trailed off throughout the week, and then boom, boom, tons of big names jumping in and jumping out this Monday. Yeah, I talked to one recruiting staffer a couple weeks ago who kind of predicted they, they wondered if this Monday would be an active one because you've got coaches out on the road. Uh, maybe that leads to some more conversations and flirting with high school coaches about, hey, have you told this guy we would take him and stuff like that? You kind of wondered, would there be uh, maybe a, a next round of this? It wasn't too crazy in terms of like quantity today, but certainly when a guy like Grayson McCall goes in, that gets everyone's attention. Exactly. I mean, and there's two Coastal Carolina players in the portal right now that I would imagine a lot of the country wants and Grayson McCall and, and Josiah Stewart, the edge rusher. Mm-hmm. I think USC's after Josiah Stewart. So it, it is it is pretty amazing how this this works. Grayson McCall was a guy that people were coming after the last couple of years trying to get him to transfer. It feels like as long as Jamie Chadwell was at Coastal, Grayson was at Coastal. Now that Jamie Chadwell's at Liberty, Grayson's on the road. Yeah, I mean he's 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 opened the door up at least to have these conversations with the schools that were trying to court him a year ago, um, and and you you know Andy that how hard Jamie Chadwell and his his people fought to to get oh, yeah. another year with Grayson McCall, and so now that he's at Liberty, I mean yeah, obviously you could link him and say yeah that would be a natural fit to go there, but um, you know certainly like when you think about. Oh, my, my guess is schools. there's a lot of folks that are that are going to want to get Grayson McCall on sure. their campus. A lot and, of Power Five schools that are on the market right now. Some we know for sure are out there. Yeah. Some probably are kind of lurking, and you know, that's he, the kind of player. I'm not sure that he knocks like knocks the top guy off your board necessarily at all of those places, but uh, he's certainly a guy that uh, you're going to call and you're going to break down the tape because uh, you know, as we know, like the, he's not just like some system guy. He's one of the most efficient players in the country. Is he? Does he like knock off? Uh, Devin Leary as the top quarterback in the portal now? Yeah, you know, the like I, we're kind of all waiting for the dominoes on that, right? Of like kind of who's going to be the guy that sets this off. And, you know, as we sit here today, you kind of wonder, like, could that be Devin Leary potentially going to Kentucky that would kind of get this thing going in terms of Notre Dame and Florida and these other schools that we feel like are in the market here making some decisions on who they're going to take or, or getting kind of locking in on that guy. And so – um, I, I don't know if I, I, depending on what you're running, like you can make the argument. Yeah. If you, if you've seen Grayson McCall play and you love what he's doing, he might be a guy that you're calling him and maybe you are, uh, maybe you're ghosting the guy you were talking to a week ago. This is Max, uh, kind of like recruiting a little bit at the at, at high school recruiting where, you know, one person makes a decision to go to one place and then all of a sudden it's like off to the races now. Like, Except it all happens over yeah. the course of like eight days. <laughs> Instead of two years. But it is funny, though, like that one person in that span of eight days can make one decision that kind of resets the board of who's playing quarterback where for an entire season. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, you're you're right. And and obviously there's, um, you know, in some cases there are schools that are, you know, you know, are trying to make that um, high school versus transfer decision right now, too, in terms of the quarterback take. Like I know Virginia Tech took two in the past 24 hours here with, with pop Watson and then with Kyron drones from Baylor, like you, these, these decisions are kind of happening in a parallel way in some cases where like you see a Dante Moore taking a visit to UCLA. Well, what's UCLA doing? I mean, yeah. is it is the right play. I mean, obviously if you can get a Dante Moore, then you're going to run that race right to the end. But at the same well, time, and, I think a lot of people Oregon, are looking at UCLA and if saying, you're Oregon, do you go get DJ? 
if if you lose Dante Moore, like or Hudson Card, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and so like if you're UCLA, you take both if you could, right? DJ and Dante. You, you do you want to tell either one of them? No, probably not. Right? I mean, I mean, you, until you get Dante signed on the dotted line, right? Like you'd probably yeah. try, try and take him. So there, these things are going on. These conversations are going on at the exact same time about what's our plan for next year. But then, does that undercut our plan for the future, or? Is there some guy out there that, uh, you know, we can try and maybe start next year as a freshman that would matter more? It is it is amazing in, in how fast all this happened because, you know, we you're right. We don't know because because you got Notre Dame. Kentucky seems to be a player in all this. And, and yeah. obviously they take Will Levis out of the transfer portal from Penn State. He becomes a prospective first round draft. Pick. We think he's going to be a first round draft pick. And, you know, I, I imagine that that makes that a fairly attractive destination. Uh, the Kentucky fee- fan sites are reporting that Devin Leary is going to visit this week, but also there are reports that, that Graham Mertz is in the mix for Kentucky. So it, you've got that, you've got the Notre Dame thing, which we know they want somebody. Uh, hey, it's, speak, it's speaking of, uh, speaking of the high school and the portal recruiting running on parallel paths here, we've got uh Desan McCullough uh, committed to Oklahoma now with his, wow. his brother, Day uh, going with him to Oklahoma in the twenty three class. Now is Dad still coaching at Notre Dame? Dylan McCullough. <laughs> so so Dylan Dylan worked with Jay Valai in the NFL. So I think that is part of the connection there. But uh, but yeah, I naturally people are going to connect those dots of is Dad going to to Oklahoma too? God. Or maybe the two kids are just like you know what we we did the Indiana thing. I think we're ready to just play. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Uh, right. Well, but dad, dad was yeah. dad was working in Indiana. Then dad bounced because he got a job at Notre Dame. That was the funniest so. thing about it yeah, because dad sure. went to Indiana, and the son was committed to Ohio State when he went to Indiana, I think. And then he flipped mm-hmm. to Indiana, and then dad bounced. That was just like that is cold. It's your well, dad, it's like, man. Okay, so we've done the Indi- we did the loyalty play, and now it's like it's like if let's just Brent Venables is telling you your freshman All America son could you know be his next Isaiah Simmons or whatever, like what, what I, depending on what role they have for him. You're sort of like, yeah, probably should well, uh, make the business decision here in terms of uh, who can really d- take him to the next level in his development. It did feel like that part of that offense was missing at Oklahoma this year because, you know, those of us who've covered that offense for a long time know it is the one that gains a lot of yards on the ground when it's really working. Like Ole Miss was a really good example this year of how that offense can work on the ground. Oklahoma didn't really do that. They need special backs. I mean, they, they need offensive linemen too, but they need special yeah. backs to make that work. Yeah, and Oklahoma's going to be one of the more interesting ones. Obviously, when you're not happy with the results of year one, you would think that's a staff. They've had a good number of players go in the portal, as you would expect in terms of a a staff trying to transition the roster. And then, you know, they were a player last year for a lot of guys um, in terms of just trying to add depth. But I I could see them certainly being a, a really attractive destination for some transfers who probably are being told, you can get on the field pretty quickly here right now. Yeah. It's it's crazy. South Carolina is another one where there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, Jaheim Bell leaves. He lands at Florida State this weekend. He's the tight end that they kind of, they moved to tailback just to get him touches, and because their tailbacks were hurt. Marshawn Lloyd, who was their best tailback, who was hurt a lot at the end of the season, he's in the portal. He announced that on Monday. They they hired an OC. They're they're hiring Dow Dow Loggins from Arkansas, who's the tight ends coach. By the way, Arkansas tight end Trey Knox jumps into the portal. BT Bates pointing that out in our chat on on YouTube, and uh, and everyone's sure making enough, plans. His position you know? coach is uh, is headed to Columbia, so could he be headed to? Because remember, Austin Stogner 
the tight end who had been at mm-hmm. Oklahoma, who helped d- get Spencer Rattler to South Carolina, Austin's going back to Oklahoma. You're, you're describing like the the Charlie Kelly, uh, the 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 wall in the the basement of the mailroom, connecting all the dots here. You know, I I really feel like I am I am in the the FBI. It's room like an episode of the, Homeland. You're just connecting yeah, it all here. You know, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Like this is <laughs> it is such a weird ecosystem. Like because I I see the, the Marshawn Lloyd tweet and I'm like, oh my goodness, that so South Carolina is losing everybody. And, and then I because uh, I'm not on Twitter. 24-7, though it may seem that way. And then I like look back and there's the Trey Knox thing. I'm like, oh! Well, and you know, like, people are very reactive to this stuff. And, like, some of these are bigger than others. But I, I was getting a lot of, like, quote tweets on the Marshawn Lloyd one being like, oh, man, I thought things were going pretty well in Columbia. But, like, this is just how it is now. It's not right. Not every single move, every transaction yeah. is a reflection of this thing's going in the tank or something. And, and you just got to remember, too, that people are, like, just still trying to get used to this. Because yeah. it really yeah. is. It is, like... It's back so in the day dude. when somebody transferred, like in when I'm back in the day, I mean two years ago, it was like something there's something terribly wrong, wrong here. Yes. yes. And yes. now it's just kind of like, well, I like palm trees. I might want to. Well, and like the South Carolina thing is interesting too, because Spencer Rattler's playing in the bowl game. And this is something that Dane Brugler and I have talked about on Prospects to Pros, because Dane has pointed out that the QB class of 2023 in the NFL draft has thinned considerably because because some people are coming back, like Michael Penix Jr. is coming back. And there, there are a few other, you know, a few other quarterbacks who would have been later round draft picks. They're not coming out because they have a chance to to make some good NIL money or they have a chance to have a very good season as a senior and they have the extra year. So they're using it. And so, like, if you're Spencer Rattler and let's say you have a third consecutive great game and this one's against Notre Dame. Do you do you, do you go to the NFL like you? You might have just raised your stock as high as it's going to go at that point. Yeah. And usually you, you know, have somebody there trying to help you make that decision. You know what I mean? I don't know. To me, it's like sometimes the market is every bit as important as how good you are. Yeah. So, yeah, cause you know, we, we agree that the, the class next year is probably going to be deeper than the class this year. Although we say that, and there, there may be guys that are coming back, but like Penix doesn't have another year after this year. She's going to have to go out. Caleb's going to go out. Drake mm-hmm. May's probably gonna go out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it could be a different story next year. And that it may because be, all you're doing right now do is this trying now. to play for a third to be a third round pick or a fourth one well, pick and, for him. And, so like to me, like the thing that's interesting about that discussion is well, Drake May and Caleb are going out next year, but it's like those are gonna be the number one and number two picks in the draft, probably, or in the top five. So how much of an impact does it actually have on Spencer Rattler? Like I think that it's the it's quarterback five to twelve that mm-hmm. you have right. to he yeah. he could be quarterback four in this draft for all we know if if the right yeah. team likes him or, and, and then quarterback know. eleven next year even if he has a better season than he did this year right right exactly so well and, that, and that's going to South Carolina was I mean let's be real like that was a business decision about how do we play our way back into you know first round status here with all the hype that was on Spencer Rattler going into into twenty one and so now you get a new new OC coming in too with NFL experience. So you have to assess like, there's just a lot of variables to assess there, but you guys know, like you think back to this time last year, I mean, why did UCLA take a commitment from Dylan Gabriel? Cause they didn't know if their guy was going pro or not. Like these things are, you kind yeah. of like, you want to, you wish there was a clear board of here's who's leaving, here's who's staying. But, but all that stuff is, is still playing out right now too. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a, and here's the thing. 
Max, you you talked to all these these recruiting folks and the, the ones that are they're in, watching the portal, the ones that are recruiting, and are you're you're talking to the guys that are recruiting the high schools. The portal guys, I'm assuming, are going to pick before the high school guys sign, right? So we're going to see a flurry in the next week and a half, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw a flurry on Monday uh, for sure of commitments, and I think that it's so funny, like. Um, you know, I, I've talked before on the pod about the difference between the high school recruiting and, and the transfer recruiting. One thing that, it, you, you, and you can speak to this, Ari, that's so different about this deal now, is that like if you get the first official visit with a kid, you're probably going to get him committed. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just that's so how fast, fast this yeah. moves now. I mean, and you know, Ari, like there's always the like the theory of like, okay, do you want to do the official visit in the summer? Do you want to be the last one before signing day? All that kind of stuff. And like it, it's the opposite is true in portal recruiting. Like if you get a guy on campus. Um, if you had one on, on campus this weekend, you were hoping to get him committed and, and get that resolved so you could move on to the next thing. And so there's a lot of guys that are smartly, especially these like G5 guys who are trying to move up. Um, yeah, you, you probably should grab that spot right now because, A, you don't know who else is going to pop up in the portal tomorrow. And B, these these staffs are you know trying to kind of finalize these numbers going into the early signing period. So there's a lot of incentive, especially if you are feeling like, man, I'm pretty lucky to have these five offers. I probably shouldn't sit around until mid-January and make a move here. Like there's a lot of incentive to get this done now. So Max, yeah, we're going to pause for a bit. It is funny, like because there's multiple theories on the high school level. Yeah. It's like, do you want to have the first impression or the last impression? And I always thought that getting them on campus in the fall was better than doing it in the spring. But getting them in the spring, you can spend more time with them. Like there's all this stuff, and it's like in the portal, it's just like, come please, please come here. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. portal, it's like if you're telling them like, hey, you can come to a bull practice. All right, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, you know you I mean? show up on this <laughs> random Tuesday, and and we'll show you around, and then you're going to make a decision like on Thursday, and you might visit another school on Wednesday, but we don't know. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. I see a lot of you guys in the chat. Talking about Mike Leach, and, and obviously there's some tweets earlier on Monday night that that said some stuff. Here, here's how we handled this sort of thing. I'm not in any rush to report anyone's death. If something is going on and, and the family wants it out there, then they'll let us know. Uh, as far as I know, he's still fighting. We're still praying for him. And... That's pretty much it. That's, you know, what we know is it, and, and can say publicly, you've seen in the statement from Mississippi State. And we're recording this at about nine o'clock Eastern time on, on Monday night. And that's kind of where it's at. And so I, I don't really like speculating on any of this stuff or or talking about it because there, there's a real family dealing with a lot of real stuff right now. Right. That's well said. So that's that if you're kind of wondering why we haven't talked about that, that's that's why. And so we were we are just going to keep going and and pray and hope that that things get better and coach recovers. But we're going to have to see what happens. So back to the what, the discussion we were having on the transfer portal, we were talking about the quarterbacks and, you know, we were, I, I was mentioning that Devin Leary may be heading to Kentucky for a visit that, that we've heard about Graham Mertz potentially being there, but Notre Dame's got an opening. Uh, DJ Ungle lays out there. UCLA needs somebody. Florida needs somebody. Uh, 
Hudson Card, former Texas quarterback, is out there. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, who two years ago averaged 12 yards in attempt and led the nation. He's out there now. Max, if you had a team, Mm -hmm. if you were a coach, which one of these guys are you going after first? All right, so I've got I got my spreadsheet here. Okay. Okay. Nice. Do you guys want to play play a little game? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to play this guy or that guy? And we'll yes. kind of yeah. get the list. Oh that yeah, way? yeah, yeah. I love games. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. So let's do ten guys. Okay. There's a lot. Uh, I, I have nine picked out here. Okay. We got to pick one more. I'll give you a list of names. You tell me who you want to pick as as this the last guy in the top ten here. Okay. Do you want Keaton Slovis from Pitt? Do you want, and I'm not counting guys who've committed, right? So I'm not right, counting right. McNamara and, and uh, Yurkovich and those guys. Okay. Do you want Keaton Slovis? Do you want Andy's boy, Austin Reed? Mm-hmm. Do you want Drew Pine? Yep. Hank Bachmeyer or Haynes King for the last spot? I, I Let's put Austin Reed in there. Although it, 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 he's, he's headed to Louisville, right? Is that, that's not a done deal. I think he's going to make a decision on Tuesday. Okay. I, I had been told that where Jeff Brom wound up is probably where he winds up. So, well, look at scoops, scoops, uh, staples I'm, over here. Okay. I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking it's Louisville. All right. So do you want Slovis? Do you want Bachmeyer? Bachmeyer. Yeah. That's who I would have chosen. Let's get, let's take Bachmeyer. Okay. Bachmeyer. He played right. on a blue field for God's sakes. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Would you rather have now? How, how do you want, you just, you're just thinking about this is your team, right? This is just, uh, yeah, yeah. you're building your own. Okay. Would you rather have Hank Bachmeyer or Graham Mertz? Mm. <laughs> you gave me a hard one right off the bat. Bro. Well, here, here's, here's a question about Graham. We're going to work our way go. up the list. We're I don't want to let way go. Up. Right. Hank, Hank Bachmeyer got his, his, Hank Bachmeyer's OC got fired in the middle of the season. That's when he hit the portal. Graham Mertz, it's hard to figure out. Was it because Wisconsin was falling off like, where's remember, the lag in the development there? right yeah. wisconsin made a lot of changes like joe rudolph leaves they hire a new oc so i don't know that why i want to pin everything on graham mertz the which, question which, is which, do you still have hope that the guy can play that's what right, i'm saying at a very is, high is, level yeah is, is is there is there stuff we have not seen from graham mertz because he was not be, being developed properly i, I lean toward yes so I'm going to say I'll, I'll take Graham Mertz. Yeah, I, you're going to throw a, a five-star out there. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I, I, mean, if, I just can't let go. It's like I'm holding his hand, and I just, like, I'm just pulling him back up over the ledge, man. I, I, I do also, think that like, if you put him on a really be safe fault. We, Graham, we were not wrong about you. We can fix this. We can but fix I, but, this. But I also don't want it to be his fault because I feel like no. he's been raked no. over the coals. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Graham Mertz is advancing. Would you take – Graham Mertz or Spencer Sanders? Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders. Okay. We've seen I, him I know, produce. I, yeah. I, know there, I know there's a potential. He's, he's one of those guys who'll do those oh, no, oh, no, no throws, but they become oh, yes sometimes mm-hmm. too. So I'll mm-hmm. take that. He gives you a lot in the run game too. Okay. Would you take Spencer Sanders or Hudson Card? Hudson Card. Spencer Sanders. Mm. I'm going tools. I'm going traits. Traits over production right now. Get a few now. more years out of Hudson Card too. That, so that's right. part of the eligibility. Are we, are we keeping in? Are we keeping in mind like who's more valuable based on the entire package or what quarterback you'd rather? Well, have? Well, how do you, do you guys just want to say whole package? Or you want to say yeah, twenty well, three performance? The multi year, the multi year right. eligibility. That's, then that's yeah. a factor. That's absolutely okay. a factor. Then I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Hudson Card advancing. Would you take Hudson Card or Luke Altmyer? Hudson Luke Card. Luke Altmyer. 
Both similarly, Luke Alt, I looked this up today. So Hudson Cards played 500 snaps in college. Luke Altmeyer's only played 144. So we don't know. We, we saw him play a little bit in that bowl game last year. We don't have maybe as good, you know, you know, he's been well coached, but we don't mm-hmm. necessarily know what is the, the full ceiling and floor there. And Jackson Dart had a pretty good year, didn't he? Sure. So it was, you know, yeah, it was, it wasn't pretty like good. he productive. was, it wasn't insane, but it was productive. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know if if losing a battle to Jackson Dart means that you can't play. It doesn't. It definitely no. doesn't. But that's the thing. I, I I feel like we're into some pretty good territory here. Like we we've got some good potential at this point where you could land a guy who could be your star quarterback. And Altmaier has three years, doesn't he? Yes, because he has a COVID. I think year. so. I believe twenty twenty was his his freshman year. Mm-hmm. So who are we advancing? Uh, let's go Altmaier. You're on Altmaier. Okay, you're making this you're making this ranking really easy. You know? Well, I I was gonna go card, but we we've got to we've got to move on through the. the but you're not here. dragging anybody up this thing. It's it's a pretty easy ladder. Oh to yeah, yeah. So yeah. far, so so good. Okay, so we're taking Altmaier. Yep. Okay, would you rather? Have, this is a fun one. Okay, would you rather have Luke Altmaier mm-hmm. or Jeff Sims? Ooh, I like Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims, Me I made drag up this thing. Yeah. My Jeff Sims, I feel thought. like, is the uh, kind of the not not necessarily a hidden gem, but the guy that you feel like uh, you know you put him in your system, give him another year of development. He's he, made he wild might be able plays. to do some really special stuff. Yeah, I Jeff Sims was my gut too. Okay, all right. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Sims is an interesting one. Do, Jordan Travis had coming, both injuries this year. Like Jordan yeah, Travis yeah. is coming back at Florida State, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So he's coming back because remember Jeff Sims was was committed to Florida State for a long time mm-hmm. and then got cut loose and and he ended up going to Georgia Tech. So all right. So Jeff, Sims. I, I think Jeff Sims is a very interesting one. Okay. Would you rather have Jeff Sims or Brennan Armstrong? Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims. Mm, okay. But, but eligibility and like. If I I would like I would put Brennan Armstrong wherever Robert and I is. Sure, sure. So I, I think that's probably the natural move for Brennan Armstrong. I, I don't know who else he's considering. But full disclosure: like uh, I've had some shekels on a few Virginia games this year, and he drove me crazy. So like, I'm <laughs> I'm biased. But, but but he was he was awesome in that offense, and Robert and I is taking over the offense at NC State. Like that makes a lot of sense yeah. if if that's where where he winds up. Yeah, he is one of these guys that, like, is, you you are kind of wondering, all right, so, like, which guy am I getting, in, in his case, a little bit, because in uh, last year, uh, 4,400 passing yards. This year, 2,200 passing yards. But It's a rough I mean, year. Complete, yeah. complete change in the offense. Sure. If you put him back in the offense that he was in before, with, by the way, some really good players, if, if he winds up at NC State, like it'll be better players that, well, he actually had Jelani Woods, on on that that Virginia team, so they, they had a pretty good group of, of of pass catchers, but he would have a very good group of teammates if he wound up with a nine in NC State. So I, that one, I, I think he'd be very productive. I just think that's he's probably set. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would like we've seen so, as good as he can be. Like Je- yeah, and Jeff Sims has more eligibility, mm-hmm. and I know I can get a lot out of him in the run game too if he can stay healthy. So. I think I think I'm staying with Jeff Sims, and you'll be the tiebreaker if if Andy and I go in different directions. That's fine. Forward. That's fine. All right, so we're we're taking Jeff Sims. All right, here we go. Stars mattering. Jeff Sims or DJ? Jeff Sims. Ooh. Oh, you're going potential because you feel DJ's hit a ceiling. I think DJ is who he is. 
I think you're right. Mm. I also think that DJ could be a hell of a weapon as a runner. You'd have to beat the hell out of him, but I think that he would be a really hard, hard person to stop if you had a. Uh, so you're a, saying in the in the Chip Kelly offense? Yeah, I just don't know if DJ has the skill set to do what we saw DTR do the last few years. Like that's yeah. not. DTR, so are, are, we know you want to run a power spread. So can DJ be your guy, your trigger man for that? I mean, I think so. Through that, through that offense, mm-hmm. like I don't think I just think that he makes uh, weird decisions and he has a wow moments, but he has a lot of what the hell are you doing moments. Um, but if you're in a power spread, then you can just you know you'll take your four. I mean, you got to remember, I covered three full years of JT Barrett. So like, I know exactly like, you know, how, how good that can be. If you put them in a situation where they have a ton of talent around them, which, you know, say what you want about Clemson, much better arm than JT Barrett. Clemson's Mm -hmm. receivers were average this year. You know, they had a few guys like T T Higgins wasn't walking through that. Would you compare him to Cardell at all from what you've watched? Uh, I think he's probably a more, uh, that's a pretty good comparison. Like if Cardale would have played long enough where it was just his offense, I think you might have gotten to DJ territory, which is why he flamed out so so quickly in the NFL. Um, the thing about Cardale that was so incredible was that, you know, he did what he did in an offense that was rushing for like eight yards of carry in the postseason. Sure. Yeah. It's like we never got to see Cardale have to face any sort of pressure to make a play on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and he handled it mentally pretty well. Like you he could have shrunk under it, but like People forget that he turned the ball over, I think, four times in the national title game. And they still yeah. won by like 26 yeah, that, that, or something. That, like, that it was like, bizarre. yeah, <laughs> Plus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bizarre game. But like if you have Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line opening up the holes that you're, I mean, DJ would win a lot of games. And he did. Like DJ wins games. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've been really hard on him. And it's just like not because I think DJ stinks. It's just because the standard of the quarterback position at that place has been so high for so long. Sure. And, you know, when it was put on his shoulders, when they didn't have – uh, you well, know, if we give him the kid Ross Travis Etienne, like how Travis Etienne, it, guess, like maybe right. it is, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. and Clemson isn't as dynamic offensively, but um, like in UCLA's offense, is that would, would you call that a power spread? Oh, yeah, they tailor it to what he can do, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, as you guys know, yeah. so many great relationships start with the foundation of I can fix him. Well, the other thing about DJ that we, we're not that's the DJ challenge here for whoever's taking him next is, is Mateo maybe part. It, like be. it's a he DJ may be a package deal with Mateo. And if that's the case, then I would take him anyway. Uh, I would take him because if you, you get an add on, you're taking him. Yeah. If I get a, a five star defensive end who might be <laughs> like, well, no, no, I don't think Mateo's the add on in this equation. No, DJ is the add on, but yeah. he's the add on in this scenario here. Um, but I also feel like if you take DJ as an add on, does it's Jeff a Sims un- have a brother that could balance us out? That's that's a tough. Well, like, imagine I, I taking that. an add-on that no. has to start at quarterback for you. <laughs> like usually, in yeah. recruiting the add-ons, like yeah, we'll give him a scholarship and he can bring other you know five-star players their food at. at Let me tell you, but the the bet one of the best add-ons I ever covered was uh, Deontay Foreman at Texas. He, he's doing oh pretty well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes. he's. I actually was surprised, Max, that it's taken him this long, and it, even to get to this point, he had to you know get there from injury. But like, I always thought he was a really good runner. Oh, he, yeah, that he, last he year was strong. Awesome. He was un- unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so Max, where are we? we we've we've gone. We're, we're almost done here. We're almost done. Okay. So you are taking Jeff DJ Sims. or Jeff? No, Sims? we're taking Jeff, Jeff Sims. Sims. Okay, Jeff. All right, here we go. Well, I'm trying to think of who should go last. Okay. See, who should go last is going to give away who you like the most. 
Well, I kind of want to play okay. to your your loves I, though too. I feel so, like the two right, you're let's... trying to choose between are both very very good. They are. They are. Okay. And would these are you the, take the one? These are the two that we would just. The we're taking. Is. We're taking Jeff Sims, or we're taking Devin Leary. Devin Leary. Devin Leary. Devin Leary has a legit NFL arm. He can move. He makes good decisions. I, I, I'm, I'm good with Devin Leary. Yeah, it feels like the. I, I, I also all these guys like, in this list. I, he does feel like the safest. Like I know he was banged up this year, right? I know the pec injury. I was like, just going to say, nothing, like, if you don't have but, the injuries. We might be viewing him a lot differently than we are right now. We're not viewing him at all in the transfer portal. We're viewing him in the context of the NFL draft. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Devin Leary or Grayson McCall? You know, I still think I'm taking Devin Leary unless I run an offense that is suited for great. If I I run a more uh, run-based offense, if I have a lot of read option game or even triple option principles in my offense, I'll take Grayson because he's done that and he's so efficient. In it, and mm-hmm. he's such a good decision maker in that kind of offense. I, I will say, I think I think Grayson can play in any offense. Uh, Grayson's probably not Grayson's not going to play his way to like a high NFL draft pick. Like he he would have left college three years ago or two years ago if that were the case. This is this is you know in terms of physical tools, arm strength, all that. You're you're going to go with Devin, but the decision making, the the toughness. I mean, <laughs> Grayson's played through some injuries, like. What it's can tough. we do when you this? say too? Like both of these guys are just you, I, one, one thing you really want when you're when you're making this move. I feel like these are two highly motivated guys going into 2020. Yes, yes. And now Leary's physical traits are going to be better, so you mm-hmm. you just have to you're going to have to make your peace with that if you're taking Grayson. But you can tailor an offense around Grayson that that will be very versatile. That can do a lot of things if you got. If you got a couple backs that are good, like they, they did a lot of two back type stuff, or they'd have a, a tailback and an H back in the backfield at Coastal Carolina, there's a lot of stuff you can do. And then look, Grayson may just be going to go play for Jamie Chadwell at Liberty. I don't know, but my guess is he's got some some bigger name programs reaching out to him right now. I just want to do whatever we can on this podcast to get McCall to Wisconsin. Like, can we do that? Because oh man! <laughs> Can you imagine in, in Phil Longo's offense? Longo's Phil Longo, Grayson McCall, and uh, Luke Fickle all all in one place next year. That'd be a so hell of a storyline S- to follow. SC scout guy says all the local media in South Carolina saying he might be going to Auburn. So that'd be Philip Montgomery, the the Baylor offense essentially. Mm. You know, that could work too. Read option. He, he will be a run threat because he's a he's a very good read option decision maker. Or, or I mean, it, it, at coastal, it's more it's more of the triple. But it, quarterbacks understand like you if you can read a, a defender coming at you to do the pitch and to do the dive, you can do it for a, a, re, a regular read option mesh too. So instincts are instincts, and he's got now. Them. What what's your read on like obviously any in that like recruiting pitch if you're Hugh Freeze, you're, you're selling him on look what I did for Malik Willis. But how much do you think it's like? A freeze offense versus like a Montgomery deal. It's a good question. If you I had mean, to guess today, you know, they, I mean, they, I know it's too early to say. They kind of mesh together though. At a certain point, yeah. There's there's a lot of principles that that are similar. So, and and I, the Malik Willis comparison is, is you can't make it because Malik Willis has a a kind of top, you know, top half of the NFL quarterback's arm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's a well, different I mean, he type has of person. Ins- 
insane physical natural traits. He does. Yeah. I mean, I but saw him at the they got him drafted in the kind of place Grayson's trying to play his way into, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a Can you imagine that with Freeze and Auburn? But the That'd thing is Malik Malik would have been drafted higher had he had a better final season at Liberty. Sure. Yeah. But because of his traits. He he dropped because he had a bad year in the last year but he his traits were off the charts that's why he was being talked about as a potential number one or you know or potential first round draft pick it didn't end up working out he actually ended up getting drafted about where he should have mm-hmm. by the titans we'll be right back after these words hey can i can i ask max about one guy yeah because i feel like this was kind of a big deal and nobody was talking about it today isn't drones kind of a stud like, isn't that a big get mm. for Virginia Tech? Mm. Like, he got got lost a little bit, but I think maybe it deserves some airtime. Yeah, I like, you talked to the Baylor staff um, a year ago um, or in the spring or whatever. Like, they would tell you, like, there was not a bad quarterback in their room. Like, Oh, I, really I saw I saw drones in the spring, and, and yeah. it made perfect sense when they made the, the Bohannon shaping decision because I was like, oh, well, they got drones, so they're fine. They don't mind. Right, totally, totally. And so that's a case of a guy where – You've got, you know, we, we only have, have really had like a limited look at him. You know, he had to go in in that West Virginia game and had some good moments and some bad moments in, in that loss for Baylor this year. But yeah, like that's the kind of player that hits the portal. And you would think that like, you know, like I think that's a pretty sneaky good one for Virginia Tech because obviously some of these schools could hold out and say, well, we're after these three guys and we'll probably get one of them. But like smart, of, smart I think, of that staff to just go after him and feel like this is a guy that we, you know, he, there's still some room to develop here. There's still some work to put in here. But like, yeah, that kid's got. It some strikes tools. me as the 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 type of transfer that in week four of next year we're going to be on a podcast on a Saturday night going, did you see what that kid did in Blacksburg today? Well, like, look, I, I mean, I, I, we were just talking about like, look at what what Robbie Ashford did this year at Auburn, right? I mean, Robbie Ashford right. didn't have much tape at Oregon, uh, but he yeah. came down and. Um, super dynamic in terms of the run game and stuff like that. Like it's a, a young guy that's still got room to grow, think, but like, I think it's drones, like drones has a better arm. I think so too. I think yeah, drones yeah. has a lot of really good physical tools. Like yeah, watching yeah. him in that West Virginia game. I was like, wow, if this kid gets, you know, his, his the good plays sharp, were good. Be, yeah, yeah. The good sure. plays were exciting. Yeah. You know, and there are certain quarterbacks where the bad plays come with it and they don't go away. And I don't, I just don't know if we have enough tape to know, to know I, yeah, whether I he can grow out of it know. or not. But yeah, like, if he does, he's a really good player. Yeah. This is this is a very interesting one. I want to. Yeah, I would say too. Like if we're going down this list of quarterbacks, I, I don't know. Like, what kind of guy did you tend to recruit in the video game, Ari? What was the what was your body type? Uh, six foot four. Uh, it was uh. So DJ. Yeah, I I like to get uh bigger uh quarterbacks that were harder to tackle and had big arms. Okay, which is funny because. That's DJ, That's and I've been a DJ doubter. But yeah. they had to move. They had to be able to move. So my type of guy was completely the Malik Hornsby type of like I don't care what he can do move it around with the arm as the speed has got to be maxed out, and that's what Malik Hornsby is going to be for his his next year. That's another interesting one of a guy that um, he's played 200 snaps in college, and and I can't wait to see if he goes to the right spot what he could be too. Kind of want to see Malik Hornsby in Chadwell's offense Dude, again. I don't Max, know if that's where the, the guy that just but used Michael, fun. Michael Vick in that one year when he was just unstoppable in Madden. Are you like? <laughs> yeah. Are you the guy that had like 390 yards rushing? Dude, with I'm, quarterback I'm the, the guy in NCAA who only recruited athletes to play quarterback. I did not mess around with. Maybe maybe <laughs> well, once every four years you would take a real quarterback. But it turns yeah, out that you're a visionary only. because some college coaches have been doing that for years. Yes. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. back when I was in college playing NCAA football before it got as advanced. 
I was running the triple with everybody. Mm. Like I would turn everybody into the triple. So what was your favorite NCAA football squad to run with, Max? Actually, I want to hear Andy's because he was playing that at a different era than you and yeah. I. I, play, I played as Anthony Wright era South Carolina. Mm. You know what I really liked, Ari, is um, I, I really liked the – I think this was maybe the last year of the game, but I really did like playing with the the Braxton Miller Buckeyes. Yeah, well, oh, I yeah. my favorite was – And the, Oregon. Uh, I loved playing yeah. with Oregon. Oregon was the one that I would do. I thought you were going to pick uh, Pat White and Steve Slate in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that because, was, like, that was everybody's Devine. squad. Yeah. But, like – the thing that I am curious about is that if there are teams like that that have two really explosive, you know, playmakers on offense, how much a school's recruiting profile would be able to be to, to rise as a result of these kids playing that game? Because like right. West Virginia, everybody loved West Virginia when I was in college, like oh, in yeah. 2005, when they had, I don't remember, was it 05 or 06? One of those years when Pat mm-hmm. White and Slayton and, and Divine were on. It's like everybody was a West Virginia fan back then. So the, the game is delayed right now so yeah the the people like whoever's the big freshman this year like the star freshman quarterback or the star freshman receiver running back is going to be the first star of the of that game that's what that's going to be very valuable for that person very valuable for that person well and, and like if they were doing it now like you can put the you could probably put the Heisman winner on the cover, even if he's still in college in the future. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Caleb it, was, it would be on the cover. If Caleb would get a huge. I, Caleb yeah. would probably. I mean, I, the the payday on that, I I would have to think, would be pretty sweet for Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I hope that they don't do it with an exiting guy. Like I hope that every year the person on the NCAA cover is the fun. Oh, the fun I, guy I, from the Heisman race the year before. I think they're going to do that. I think you know if 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 it were this like Caleb would be a no brainer for next year, but let's or drew know. Aller, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> let's say, <laughs> let's say drew Aller finishes second to, let's say Caleb goes, Archie Griffin, drew Aller finishes second in the Heisman race. And you, know, Caleb's going pro and Drew's coming back. Drew's on the cover. Like that's, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, they should just give it to the Heisman winner every year. Like an automatic byproduct of winning the Heisman is getting a fat check from NIL for NCAA the following. Well, year. and that person's <laughs> much easier to market. It, yeah, everybody knows who it is already. Sure. But little news while we were recording, by the way, it was announced that uh, Tyler Van Dyke is, uh, has done a new NIL deal with uh, with Life Wallet, the John Ruiz led company that that handles a lot of Miami's NIL stuff. So it looks like Tyler Van Dyke will be the Hurricanes' starting quarterback in twenty twenty three. I think we've got a resigning. That's right. Well, I'd love to see resignings like become normal, guys. It yeah. was just like Quinshawn Judkins last week. So, dude, our boy Vaughn just brought up another name that we sh- it has to be mentioned. Yes. Okay. Dennis Dixon. Oh, in the NCAA God. game. God, was, he was awesome. He was so much fun. I remember watching that Thursday night football game when he got hurt, and you're just like, no. Do you know, I was standing no. 20 feet from him when that happened. Yeah, I, I remember it was against Arizona. You told it me was, it was in Tucson. Mm. I was a student reporter. Oh. I had my notebook out. Just learning the tools of the trade there. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. This is this is gonna I be I love playing with Oregon on the video game. I really did. Well, and I, I think they'll they'll continue to be fun. I mean, you know, Dillingham's gone, but I I think Dan Lanning understands what their personality needs to be offensively. Which actually brings me to the point I was I was gonna make originally. Lanning does seem to understand what what Oregon's offensive personality needs to be. I'm still unsure if Lincoln Riley understands what USC's defensive personality needs to be if they want to win national championships. Here's a good but personality. I, they could just be good, kind of good. 
kind of good's all it all it takes <laughs> with the, with the like, offense they have. Kind of good. That's exactly right. So, interestingly enough, as we were recording this, I noticed that uh, Tony Grimes, who's a, a DB from North mm-hmm. Carolina, who's in the portal, tweeted the the fight on emoji and and the words fight on question mark. It, what is that? Is that him trying to get their attention, or is it him saying I'm in the mix here? This wasn't during the Bud Crawford fight. This is this is this is about recruiting, probably. Yeah, this today. Yeah, yeah. This happened. I, I think while we were recording. I mean, do you think USC is just their boards just got to be best available, right? That's just got to be how they do this stuff. Well, exactly, imagine. and and I think I think you send Caleb to to talk to them, or you you just give Caleb the list of numbers to text, like, hey, this is Caleb Williams. Would you like to ball out with me next year? Like, but. You know, Wouldn't it be I, amazing if he just a great got, automated message just just send out to recruits, <laughs> yeah. see calls back, get the best receiver and uh, four studs on defense, and they're going to the playoff next year. If if they could get a game changing interior defensive lineman and a, and a game changing edge rusher, I don't care. You know, I I know I wrote about the philosophy that it has to change if you really want to win a national title, but that's going to put you in the mix. I think you to still to beat a team like this year's Georgia or last year's Georgia or or these Alabama teams, you have to have a defensive philosophy that makes it where you know how to tackle at the end of the season, and that requires a change in how you practice and and how you play, and it, it might take a little away from your offense ultimately. But I don't think you have to do all of that to make progress. Like Ari said. Just be kind of good on defense. Just be slightly above average, and all of a sudden, just you're get yourself in a position awesome. where you're out of these games where the other team gets the ball, and you know for a fact they're going to score. Right. Like that's yeah. the like the minimum of what you could do is just have you know a little little improvement on Max Olsen's stop rate story. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just move oh. up like? Just like 20, 20 slots. Spots. Yeah. 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 It's kind of I, just not be embarrassing. But yeah. I would but say, you, like, no disrespect. Are, I would say, no disrespect to like Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia, but like, is there, is there a school better positioned over these next few months to, to clean up on this, on the transfer market just by pitching guys that you're the missing piece for us? When we no, have Caleb I, coming back? I mean, I think yeah. it's kind of an easy sell to make to the best guys out there. And especially you have Caleb make the pitch. Yeah. Like I, I think it. I, think I mean, you saw what he, you know, he got it done with Jordan Addison. I mean, certainly he loves getting yeah. involved in these and 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 make, swinging these. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's pretty easy already. to convince a kid if you're Lincoln Riley and that staff that you know, hey, look, we are we are on the doorstep. We've got the best quarterback. We have the best player in the country. Like, come here, come start, and and let's go get a ring. Yeah, I'm with you. I right, so I I let's get Ari this money. I know, seriously, <laughs> exactly. I'll drop an NIL well, deal on one of these guys. I'll give them a five hundred bucks as an investment. The, <laughs> now the problem, Max, is is those the game changing interior defensive linemen tend not to wind up in the transfer portal. The this is this is funny because when I I talk to people or, or you know meet fans out out and about, they always say, "Well, how do the, how are they going to reward the linemen? Aren't they only just going to pay the quarterbacks with NIL?" I'm like guys it is way more sophisticated than that. Mm-hmm. Like they understand how this works. Just like NFL teams understand how this work works. Like left tackles, D tackles, edge rushers. They're high priority positions, high priority. So that, and that's, that's the thing. 
Like, how much could Jalen Carter command in the NIL market as, right now? Yeah, <laughs> off the charts. As Chris Callahan said, Jalen Carter isn't walking through that transfer portal door. What would it take? I mean, uh, clearly a lot of you've tampering. seen Breaking Bad that uh, that door in the in the storage unit. Fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, lay on the thing you, with fuel. Yeah. You're gonna make this guy fuel laying in the bed of cat, laying on the pile of cash. Like that's the only way this happens. But well, Max, you you know the numbers better than we do. What would it take to get a truly game changing interior defensive lineman in the portal? Well, this is the funny thing too. Is like you say, like I know, I know. There's a lot of people are on edge about, oh my, my gosh, the tampering is is worse than ever and all that stuff. But like, if Caleb Williams calls a guy and says, "Hey, you should come play with us," is that is that really bad tampering? I mean, it's tampering, but punish, it, punishable it, tampering. You're not going to get him on it. What do you? No, how are you going to prove no. it? What? I, that was a phone call. That was a that was a phone call. I didn't say that. I was, that was a Private conversation yeah. between us. Right. So like, Nobody I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this guy specifically, but like, why like. You say like, well, who who will pop up in the portal and what will they make and stuff? But like, can't he just go call a you know the Dallas Turners of the world and be like, let's go do this, you know, or JT or whoever whoever I, he I thinks think he wants to come play with him Dallas in Dallas or JT because they're at Alabama and Ohio State sure, respectively. Sure. But but that's the thing. I mean, we, we talked earlier about the, the the coastal edge rusher who Josiah Stewart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he may wind up at USC and and. But if you're him, like if you're Caleb Williams, do you want to go get the the edge rusher from Coastal or the D lineman from Western Michigan? Or do you want to go hit up some guys, you know, from, you know, the opening back in the day and stuff like that? I just want somebody who's going to play on Sundays. I don't I don't really care where they're coming from. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. If they can get an edge rusher who can play on Sundays, if they can get a three technique who's going to play on Sundays and, and be drafted, you know, in the top half of the draft, like that helps you move to adequate on defense, which is. Adequate is all they need to improve. The most frustrating thing about the USC situation is that they actually have guys on the roster that are really good. Yeah. Or, or ranked high. I mean, like they have uh, uh, Corey Foreman. They have Sierra Wright. Like, I mean, they, yeah. I think they signed t- in two classes ago the number one player in California at four different defensive positions. <laughs> Ray John Z- Davis was the top mm-hmm. linebacker. I mean, they, it's not like they don't have people on their team. It's just like. Let's let's get the most out of these guys. There's dudes somewhere, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, there's there are dudes in certain places <laughs> on that on that defense. Not everywhere, just not everywhere. Places. But there, it's not there. It's not like it's no dudes. There's dudes. Right. And and BSE in our in our YouTube chat, they they also need to start recruiting big bodies. That is a again, as I said, philosophical change that needs to be made. Now they inherited a 340 pound nose. They played quite a bit this season and. You know, did okay when he was in the game, but that's. I mean, just picture have, the scenario though. Have that Tony regularly. Grimes, Tony Grimes goes there. One of the defensive linemen we were just talking about go, goes there. Domani Jackson becomes a stud next year. Corey Foreman mm-hmm. becomes a stud. Ray John Davis and Sierra Wright reach their potential. You can have five, six starters out of your eleven guys being former five star prospects that hit, and like all of a sudden, that's how you turn into a defense that has. Uh, that is somewhere in the 60s in the stop rate instead of in the low hundreds, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. All, all I'm saying is like, so we didn't see, like, you know, Jordan Addison was a May transfer, right? I mean, we yep. didn't really, that wasn't really mm-hmm. telegraphed for months or anything like that. So, um, I, you, you know, you wonder the the power of Caleb and and the, the belief in how close they are. It's going to be interesting to see, are there some, you know, those type of all-conference, all-America guys that go on the market now or even at the end of spring, who just see the opportunity at USC and say, you know, not necessarily unhappy with this place, but 
look what I can go do over there. Also, mm-hmm. they, they've managed to make it. And Ari, you, you predicted this when, when Riley took the job. They've made it very cool, very fast. And that's not something every program. I legitimately thought it would be cooler faster, though. Really? It's yeah, been, I mean, it's gotten pretty cool pretty fast. No, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, though, the results aren't quite what I thought they would be. I thought he would be a shoe in top five they just high school the state. Kind oh, of yeah. I thought it was yeah. just going to be like I thought it was going to be like when Urban Meyer took over at Ohio State. Yeah, but Ohio flips. State has been good. Yeah, yeah, USC, yeah. USC's got to prove they can be. But I think I think this season showed that. And and you can talk your way into defensive players if you're Lincoln Riley. Very well, well, he just had you. Do you know where now, USC's class is ranked right now at the top of your head? It's not that. It's not as high as. Just as take a stab think. at it. Uh, 13. 14. Okay. Yeah. I knew Good Oregon's stab. like 11 or 12. I, I yeah, knew it right there. So you're on the right. And they only have 19 commitments. And they have two of the top five players in the country and three five-star prospects. So, you know, it's it's a smaller class. But, like, in terms of star power, it's, like, really top-heavy. And then you look at the bottom half of the class, it's just like, ooh, you know. Where, got, where is it more top-heavy? Offense? Uh, Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback, receiver. and I All think right, Lincoln. Runner. Just get to adequate. That's all we're asking. We know your offense is going to be very good. We know it's going to be awesome. It's just get I'm to asking. adequate. It's, it's all Ari's asking. Ari, Ari needs you more than I do. <laughs> Max, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a pleasure. Uh, let's just book this again for, for next Monday night because uh, this, is, this is just how it's going to be in December from now on. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye.